last time on Licensed to Parent. I acknowledge that there are disorders and there are issues that, that legitimately need to be handled. Uh, but what I'm seeing, though, is, is that instead of addressing an attitude issue, we're, we're just going to uh, give it a diagnosis. And, and with that diagnosis, now just comes some medication. So this is not a character flaw. You just have a, a genetic issue or you have something wrong with you. And so we're so quick to run to a prescription and neglect the spiritual aspect or, or even just the, the, the human side or the sin side, like you said, and that gets neglected altogether. That's Josh Temple, the program coordinator for Shepherd's Hill Academy. Josh sees firsthand every day how troubled teens enter our program and what things cause them to be troubled. We'll conclude our three-part conversation with him today on Licensed to Parent. And welcome to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd Hill Academy, a one-year Christ-centered wilderness-based therapeutic program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and director of Shepherd Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. Piloting this craft to a safe harbor today as we talk one more time with Josh. And Trace, how do we want to bring this in for a landing? Where do we want to start today's program? Yeah, well, you know, I, I I want to start off by discussing, you know, we were talking about the the fragility of a lot of parents, a lot of kids today. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the peer-to-peer relationship mentality that a lot of parents have. Mm-hmm. have. And uh, we're afraid to basically articulate what Scripture has already articulated for us when it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But we're very quick to say that we're to emulate our relationship as adults to the Lord with our relationship with our kids. But we would never, less and less anyway, uh, we wouldn't say uh, that our children should fear us. And what I'm noticing, Josh, and, and you tell me if, if you're noticing the same thing, that more and more every day, parents are fearing their kids way more than kids are fearing the parents. And so I want to hear your take on it, and then I'll respond to that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. The parents are fearing the kids because the kids are really running the show here. Yeah, uh, The kids are not fearing the parents because they know that they can really get away with whatever they want. Look at those climate change things. They're actually using kids right. to play out our emotions yeah. and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, we, we've got the kids running the house. The men are not leading spiritually. Uh, and, and you know, it, it's, it's absolutely turned upside down uh, when you look at how God intended the family to be ran. Mm-hmm. And um, you're right. The, the the parents are in fear of establishing firm boundaries because they're afraid of what their their kids are going to do in retaliation yeah. to those boundaries that are set. Yeah, and one of those fears is defects here in Georgia. I want to call defects on. And parents are scared to death that if mm. they simply exercise their uh, average duties as a parent, mm. that you know Junior is going to call and they're going to be re, you know uh, investigated. Mm-hmm. And, and my my. Uh, Answer to that is get investigated. Then, if you have, if you truly haven't done anything wrong, yeah. you know, let them come out. But parents don't want to go through the embarrassment, the time, the hassle uh, of it all, the stigma involved. And and I'm saying there may be no way around that right. because my my experience as a police officer uh, and uh, uh, my uh, daughter-in-law worked for for the Department of uh, Children and Family Services. Uh, our experience has been. You know, you have to legally investigate every claim, but mm-hmm. when you come out, 99.9% of the time, it's junior, don't call us back. Mom mm-hmm. and dad, you're doing a great job. But there's always that one-tenth of one percent 
that are cowboys in the system that mm-hmm. are you know off the charts to the left. That mm-hmm. junior uh, rights are uh, right below an animal rights. Okay, but they're still above your rights as a as a parent, yeah. mm-hmm. and they want to get their name in the in the uh, in the spotlight. I I did uh, speak to a parent many years ago who. Um, was telling me that that her child, who was in the the public school system, had been mad at mom and dad about something and went in and complained, you know, publicly. And a teacher heard it, and some word that he used, and and, and who knows what that word may have been about, you know, man, my dad's going to kill me or whatever, you know, mm, I, I, right. I don't know what the expression was. Yeah. But the teacher kind of called him aside and, and wanted to pull more information out oh, of yeah, him. Oh, yeah, they want to be heroes. And the teacher called the Department of Family and Children's mm-hmm. Services, and this family did get investigated for potential abuse. Yeah. So, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is, is when you have people who themselves have an agenda mm-hmm. and want to insert their authority in your family's right. authority, that, that is a problem. Right. But again, as you say... As parents, if you're doing the right thing, mm. you've got to keep doing the yeah. right thing. Is this one reason why kids are so entitled today? Because they have all the, the levers and the leverage? I, you know, I, I think that'd be a very fair assumption. And I like how you said you, you made the bold statement of, well, be investigated. It reminds me of one time I got upset at my mother and I threatened that I was going to run away. And her response was, well, run away. Yeah. I, that you did not run. play. You walk. It, it's like I threw my, my trump card <laughs> exactly. and it didn't quite work the way I intended. Exactly. So I didn't run away. I quietly walked back to my room and began to rethink <laughs> my strategy. Uh, and so I wonder if, if kids are throwing these cards out and they're seeing their parents kind of bend to the will of, of no, please don't, please don't. You can now have your way. Do they yeah. genuinely mean that they're going to call and report or is mm-hmm. it just kind of the angle that they're playing and all yeah. of this? Yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what because you raised this question Trace a moment ago. What does a healthy fear and I put air quotes around that word of parents? What what does that look like? Well, I think it's uh, analogous to our fear of God. It's, it's 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 really more of a fear of disappointing our parents. It's uh, it's a respect uh, with you know you can't really have respect in an equation of anything or anyone without a healthy fear of it. You know, I've driven race cars all my life. Uh, I've done some pretty crazy stuff, but I've always had a healthy respect Mm -hmm. for the dangers involved in the things that Mm -hmm. I've done. And that kept me from uh, going over the line, let's let's, let's say, and uh, where I didn't end up in the hospital or worse. And so, you know, my my dad used to say this, see size of parents, see size of child, end of story. there you go. Uh, parents need to exercise uh, an authority uh, similar to what, what Paul, analogous to what Paul said in Romans 13, when he said, you know, these police officers, these government officials, they don't carry that sword in vain, you know? Mm, yeah. And you can make that analogous to a paddle or whatever. Um, but our kids don't have that fear anymore. Right. And they're exploiting that. And we, as opposed to digging our heels in as parents, have lost our confidence and our will. And I think a lot of it has to do with the the exhaustion that we're experiencing as parents, uh, working 12, 14, 16-hour days to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's both mom and dad. And so consequently, we find anything that we can use as a babysitter to fill in the blanks for us. And the cycle just gets you know, yeah. uh, exacerbated. Mm. Um, so, so how does a correct way 
of, of handling this. How does that work? For example, here at Shepherd's Hill, you're bringing kids in. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with Shepherd's Hill, it's a year-long residential program, uh, wilderness-based, that uh, sort of gets kids unplugged and gives them an opportunity throughout that year to be, I like to say, reset to the original factory settings. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and sort of find themselves again in here, but with with guidance and uh, a clear uh, following of of the leading of the Holy Spirit. But what is it? What does this look like when you got kids coming in who've been given too many choices? Mm-hmm. What do you do to narrow that down? Because because this is not a Hitler esque state here, oh. where the kids, you know, fall in line, follow, do everything. Not a boot and have, camp. No, mm-hmm. you're you are trying to. Retune the kids and equip them because yep. they're they're supposed to leave here. It's got to be their idea, right? So all we're doing is creating uh, an atmosphere where we're cultivating the soil of their heart, so that the seed of God's spirit has a place to take root and to bear mm. fruit. Okay, mm, okay. Th- that's what we're doing. It's that authoritative community model that the YMCA USA put that 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 book hardwired to connect the new scientific case for authoritative communities. Put that book together by those 33 mental health and child care professionals from all the Ivy League schools and all the big you know schools mm-hmm. across the country, Harvard, Yale, UCLA, on and on. That's what we've created, an atmosphere where kids uh, aren't taking 10 steps forward and 11 backwards or 10 steps forward and even one backwards. So they're, they're, we're giving them a, a chance to have their appetites trained and retrained for things that are healthy for them, and they begin then to actually like it. They mm-hmm. see the, the long-term benefits. It's like, how many people do you know who would never exercise if their gym coach or their parents or whatever didn't make them? Say, yeah. You're going to get out and play. You're going to get out and do this or whatever. Their coaches, they wouldn't exercise. They wouldn't do wind sprints up and down the, the field. They wouldn't do line drills as I did in hockey or you know basketball. No, it has to be, they have to be made to do it. And once they are made to do it and they start seeing and feeling the long-term benefit of something that they never would have done on their own, you've just jump-started that individual into uh, a routine that they now like. And so this is why parents, they can't understand it. He's got air conditioning at home. He's got smartphones at home. He's got his own bedroom, his own bathroom. He's got, you know, his own car. He's got all this stuff. And he's miserable. He's sullen. He's punching holes in the walls. He comes to Shepherd's Hill, and you take all that away. He doesn't even, doesn't even have air conditioning. Well, he listens. also doesn't have walls. Or, yeah. <laughs> Third world conditions, basically. You know, still 70, living better than 75% of the world in those, quote, third world conditions. But he doesn't have any of that stuff. And he's smiling. He's on top of the world. He's having fun. Parents don't understand that. And, you know, that's what I hope these these last couple of programs, and now the third program, is we'll get across to parents that we have to, just because you're limiting Junior's choices, this is, you know, yeah. in a sense, you're not limiting his healthy well-being. You're not limiting his happiness or his, his joy, let's put it that way, because there is a difference. Well, our time is flying by quickly, so we need to take a quick break, but we'll be back. We're talking today with Josh Temple. He's the program coordinator at Shepherd's Hill Academy, and we're trying to find out how parents can be more intentional at narrowing the choices uh, and enabling their kids to succeed rather than enabling them to fail. We'll be back with more on Licensed to Parent right after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. 
With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. As I've said a couple of times in this program and past ones, you're in the midst of a three-part series. We're talking with Josh Temple, who's the program coordinator at Shepherd's Hill Academy, about some of the things parents may be missing in our slow but continuous culture shift that's been going on. And... Um, if you would like to find out more about Shepherd's Hill or if you'd like to hear the past programs, we invite you to go to our website, licensedtoparent.org. There's a link to Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can find out more about uh, the program there, and uh, you can hear our past radio programs at licensedtoparent.org. Uh, Josh, one of the things that uh, a lot of professionals have said and a lot of parents have said— I've as, said it. And, and a lot of Trace Embrys have said— um, is that parents should not try to be their kids' best friends. And we have talked about that because we feel that the primary role of the parent is to be the parent. Mm, right. Now, Trace, I know you have been kind of rethinking the friendship aspect to it. I think we both say that the end goal would be that when your kids are grown, mm -hmm. that you will be friends, mm -hmm. that that's the way it goes. But, uh, Josh, weigh in on this. Uh, how How do you think that friendship versus parenting needs to play out. Right. I, I don't think that friendship should ever be the goal, but should be a result uh, mm -hmm. when parenting is done correctly. It's like if you look at an apple tree, we see the apples and and we don't think that those apples are what give that tree life, but rather the the apples are the, the outward expression of the inward health mm. of that tree. Um, so when you, when you have good parenting, um, there, there'll be times that the friendship might not 
uh, be be a fruit of what's going on because you're doing your job yeah. right. You have to forego uh, it. For you a while. have to prune yeah, a tree to exactly. be healthy at times, and that's Good painful. Analogy. Good analogy. Uh, so in that pruning process, you might not see that fruit, uh, but it's coming. There there will be that harvest time. Yeah. Uh, where where it, it should grow through and, and push through if everything goes according yeah. to plan. I think Josh hit it on the head. Uh, it, it should never be your primary goal. Your primary goal is to create a healthy adult. You know, right. The, the whole the whole pro- uh, parenting process while Junior's still a kid into his adolescence uh, and into adulthood is you you do want to be his best friend. Mm. But you're you know why wouldn't you be? And if and, and if that works out to where you're doing things. Uh, Right, uh, congruent with uh, biblical principles, and and he can and Junior can be uh, uh, your best friend. He, you're his confidant all through, uh, in through adolescence, into the time he's married. Hallelujah! Now we know that doesn't always work out that way, mm. but are you willing to forego that friendship to be that parent, to be what you need to be? Uh, and I think too many parents aren't willing to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they want to hang on to that friendship. They want all the benefits on the front end, and what they don't realize they're foregoing a lot of benefits on the long, on the, in the long term. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've watched a number of adolescent friendships develop and fall apart and get back together again through mm-hmm. my kids. And I've had a lot of deep talks with my daughter. She's our youngest, and and I think she has— proven to be mature beyond her years, especially in this regard. She's like, you know, this person is my friend, and they're really doing a stupid thing here. And so, you know, I've been trying to tell them that. They don't seem to be hearing it. Now they're all mad at me. What, you know, what am I supposed to do? And and my wife and I have had to say, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Because that's what a real friend does. So, oh, yeah. so maybe we are, as parents, being the real friend, but I guess we need to be careful not to confuse friendship with just being nice all the One time. One of the most misleading, uh, I'll say, cliches mm-hmm. that I've ever heard is a sign of insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. In the carnal realm, it's probably true. If you're doing the same thing over and over from the carnal perspective, uh, then you, maybe you are nuts. But from the spiritual perspective and that's what discipline is it's deeply spiritual that's what love is it's deeply spiritual and Mm -hmm. and discipline is under the umbrella of love to do the same thing over and over that way because it's spiritual it makes all the sense in the world you don't what do you do do the wrong thing then is that what you do is that the option you you do something wrong no, keep keep doing right. When you keep doing the right thing, assuming you know what the right thing actually is, yeah. you do keep doing the right thing over and over until you get a different result. Otherwise, if that if that statement was true in the spiritual realm, prayer would be a moot point. Yeah. You don't give up prayer. Prayer is a petition, man. Yeah. You keep praying, expecting a different result. And discipline is the same way. If you are a fisherman, uh, more than likely you have cast your line out yeah, a number of times with bait on it, and you sat there and waited and waited, and no fish came. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you never fish again? Well, in my case, actually, it did. But um, <laughs> for, you know, for, for the folks who are, who are diehard fishermen, no. They mm. keep going out. They keep casting because they know that eventually they'll, they'll you know, connect yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and the fish will, you know, be theirs. And that's what we as parents have to do. Is to keep casting, keep keep speaking the truth, speak mm-hmm. living our lives as intentional parents, 
because if we keep doing the same thing in that regard, it's not insanity. That's right. But eventually something will catch and they'll... Yeah, just because right Junior's, Junior's a slow learner doesn't mean he won't learn. Mm-hmm. And he might be 30 years old before, before you know, he finally realizes, wow, you know what, my dad, he gets smarter every year, you know, or my mom, she gets smarter every year. Well, it's not that parents are getting smarter. It's just that you're starting to grow yeah. into where they've already been. Yeah. But uh, uh, I want to ask both of you guys this question, see what you, th- what you think. Should we be raising our kids with a greater purpose in mind, uh, one with more than just the, the comfort and well-being of our kids? In other words, should we be raising our kids with the greater culture in mind uh, so that, you know, our kids, we're not imparting into our kids that they are the center of the universe, but we're raising these kids to go out and become, you know, uh, uh, change agents to the culture, basically. Mm. Change agents to their spheres of influence uh, and, and, and a joy for not just us to be around because we can tolerate our kids screaming and yelling you know, when, they're, when they're little babies. Mm-hmm. But to a joy to all those who who surround them. Yeah, I think that um, you know I like how you said that so many people raise their children to think that they're kind of the center of the universe, and mm-hmm. maybe they are in that little sphere that they grew small up. Small universe. Small universe, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when when you go to Paul and how he talked about we're all members of the same body, that means we're all not the head. Right. We're we're all not the mouth. Some yeah. of us might be toes. We're a cell. <laughs> right. We're yeah. a cell. We're a cell or a pinky or something. Among and, twenty and, trillion. And, right. Cells. And you yeah. think, well, you know, that's not that important. Well, let me cut your toe off real yeah. quick and let's see how right. important that toe automatically right. becomes. And, let me take a little and, DNA out of that yeah, cell. Exactly. See how you do, right? exactly. So it, it might not be the position we want, but God has created everybody with a unique ability, a unique gifting a unique purpose and and we we really need to focus on what that is and how can i do that with excellence mm-hmm. josh i want to ask you one more question i don't know how we're doing on time rich but is it just me or i don't really hear much about the thorny topic of dating lately i mean is dating even a thing with the internet now I mean, is it you don't hear people talking about you know the, uh, a good healthy protocol for dating is it because we're, we're so connected online virtually that and of course you got all the goofy stuff that goes on online are we is is dating out of the equation or 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 am i just out of the equation i think dating's becoming a very fluid term as well as we see the the gender roles become fluid Mm. uh so is the dating concept it's very rare uh for me to to see kids come come here that are in uh monogamous committed relationships Mm -hmm. generally it's it's how many Mm-hmm. Um, and who all, you know, right? not so much, this is my special someone, but these were the people I was fooling around with. Right. And it's, uh, it, it's lost that concrete, um, kind of compartmentalization that, that I was brought up with where, right. you know, if I'm dating, that is one person and that is it. Yeah. Yeah. And so. relationship has been taken out of the sex equation. Mm. It's kind of like, uh, sex used to have a priority list, you know, and it was, mm. It was, first of all, it was after marriage, okay? Mm-hmm. It was uh, primarily for procreation. The pleasure it brought was a byproduct of all mm-hmm. that. And now it's sex for sex's sake. Mm-hmm. And again, because we're anodonic and addicted to pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great vehicle mm-hmm. in the eyes of a, of a secular-minded individual to pursue, uh, regardless of the, uh, the life-changing uh, 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 life destroying or life creating mm-hmm. 
consequences mm-hmm. not working. Yeah, interesting thing though to go back to what you were just saying, Josh, about how you know when when you were growing up, when you date somebody, you're you're mm-hmm. just dating that one person, and and there were restrictions on you know right, what, what you right. did with that. Well, same as when I was growing up, but when my parents were growing up, it was unusual for you to be locked into one person. Mm. Now, dating meant going out to a movie or having dinner or something like that. Right. Nowadays, dating means hooking up and right. you know, doing things that we would say you Body should sex, not be doing. Friends with benefits. Right. Yeah. But um, but in their time, because I remember my mom talking to me about this, is like, why are you just going out with one person? You know? <laughs> You 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 know yeah. every weekend you're dating somebody else, but, but her from, mind was and, and intentions was so pure. Right. Well, it was the thought being that uh, in, in much the same way that we have said to our mm-hmm. kids, when you're going out, go out in groups. Mm-hmm. So you're not pairing off one and one. Well, they would do that too, but it was kind of you were getting to know people with, uh, I, I guess, uh, an inquiry in your mind as to is this someone I would eventually like to marry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was not, we're going to go and try out all the marriage stuff yeah. and you mm-hmm. know, and see how it's going to be. But uh, that is something that I think culturally um, shifts well, be- between one culture and another. But uh, therefore, you know, there may be ethnic differences or maybe other things in, in how a particular culture deals with that. But but still, it's also a matter of how, how wide we've opened the gate. The problem, and this... I think there are a lot of people who are naive to the truth behind what I'm about to say. Is you encourage your kid to go out in, in groups, depending on who your kid is, depending on you might know the group very well and you can you can vouch for the fact that. But I'm telling you, there are a lot of parents out there who don't know their kids the way they need to, and 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 their kids will go out in a group and it'll end up in one big group orgy. I mean, and they'll think nothing of it. Yeah, I mean, this is how cavalier. Uh, of an attitude that a lot of young people have toward this today. That is a very good point. I hate to land on that, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think we need to. And and I hate to say it, uh, gentlemen, but we are out of time. Uh, I've appreciated the fact that we've we've actually spent three weeks talking about all of this. But uh, Josh, since since you're the one closest to the uh, to the trenches, as we said in our first program. Um, any closing thoughts you might have for us as to, to where we are and where we need to go? Yeah, I just, uh, I want to encourage parents that it's not over. Uh, you know, you're, you're still in the fight, so don't, don't give up. Um, you know, there, God, God is able to do, uh, exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So be encouraged, uh, take one day at a time, one step at a time, and, uh, just really rely on the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom you need. And stay focused on him. I mean, right. just bring everything back to him. Your parents or your kids rather are going to think you're goofy maybe for doing that. But I'm telling you, that will, in the end, mm-hmm. even if they've gone astray and abandoned their faith, you stay focused on that and live it out uh, uh, faithfully. Uh, that will mean something to them when those uh, that frontal lobe finally does get fully developed. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being a part of this uh, three-week conversation. Uh, Again, our guest has been Josh Temple. Josh works as the program coordinator at Shepherd's Hill Academy, and Shepherd's Hill, of course, is the the parent ministry to Licensed to Parent. Uh, You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org, and as I've said in times past, you can find a lot more about us at LicensedToParent.org. 
If you missed our past two programs or any of our programs, you'll find conversations on lots of topics vital to parents and their teens on our website, licensedparent.org. You can also sign up for our blog. I encourage you to do that. And you can get on the bandwagon to help support the work we do with your financial gifts. Again, running a program like Shepherd's Hill is very expensive. Working with troubled teens and having to have the staff to support this type of work, it costs a bit of money. And unfortunately, many families simply can't afford that. But they can afford it if you're willing to help financially. Simply click the Donate tab at the top of our page when you go to LicensedToParent.org. And again, if you want to learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy and whether we might be a good fit for your family or for someone you know and care about, click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our homepage. Our technical producer on Licensed to Parent is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time and once again renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.